0: Welcome to the Adult Candy Podcast. I'm Miss Crystal, your host and idea slinger. What is Adult Candy about? Well, it's dedicated to cultivating creativity and sensuality in adults, which, let's be honest, is what we all want more of anyway. This exploration of mindful indulgence is in conversations with a very delicious mix of rebels, noted creatives and sex positive advocates of an imaginative variety. We dig into process and tools for facing fears and chasing dreams and keeping the magic in running the business of Creative Sexy Cool. While this is absolutely going to be explicit with adult content and bursting with very sexy, the mission here is about embracing and accepting pleasure and desire, which is an internal process And that is the foundation for any type of meaningful intimacy, passion, or sexual prowess. So buckle up or unbuckle or buckle down because in these very bizarro times, we absolutely can't go back. We go through.
1: ...matching. And so the level of pleasure i'm getting seeing your outfit and your hair like with the art is like achievement level like unlocked (laughs) i'm 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 gonna send paul a thank you letter
2: (laughs) oh all right i'll take it um good yes actually i was thinking about that i was like okay should i go with like classic black or do i need a little bit of color I think color is the way to go with this particular lady. I think that's going to be good. I feel uh, feel seen. (laughs) Good.
1: (laughs) Wonderful. Well, that's exactly
2: what I want. Um, Okay, so we are here, and um, tell me a little bit. It's
1: Amy Van Dorn, right? My name is Amy Van Dorn. Is that your
2: real name, or is that the... Uh,
1: No, I was born... Well, I found my birth certificate, and it says Baby Girl McConnell on it. Wow. Yeah, the people that uh, were responsible for me, when we used this loosely, <laughs> um, got around to filling out the birth certificate a week later, and it just says Baby Girl, and then my old last name on my mom's side was McConnell. But it was legally changed to Amy Doran at some point in my early youth, and then um, we added the van... So that I wouldn't be confused with other Amy Dorans there you go and also it sounded fancier yeah no that's definitely this like Amy Van
2: Doren <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> yes it's very um like early 60s mm. you know Amy Van Doren's here to see you and like Cary Grant is like oh great send her in you uh, know
1: yeah I would like that
2: yeah. yeah I'm trying to
1: cultivate more of Cary Grant in my life
2: (laughs) you know I've actually known several Cary Grant like characters and I always take great comfort in the fact that Cary Grant wasn't Cary Grant that he was Archie Leach and Cary Grant was just as created as anything else was and you're like oh that's terrible also that makes me feel better because no one is really that perfect
1: right yeah you know maybe Paul Newman yeah yeah
2: I mean, Paul. Paul
1: Newman might be that pretty. He
2: really was. Yeah. Pretty spectacular. I mean, he did leave his wife to to marry um, uh, Joan Wood, uh, Joanne oh, Woodward. Interesting. I know, but, but he did love her totally. That relationship and a risk. Cr- yeah, no total relationship goals. Absolutely. That and like Gomez and Morticia. like those are.
1: And oh, they're so good at dancing together. <gasps>
2: I know. So good. I mean, like, that's actually on my, like, like, would-be list is, like, can he tango? Does he even want to tango? Does he even have any understanding of how important tango is?
1: Right. Well, maybe with the right partner. Because I do – I have met less people recently that can tango. I'm seeing some salsa dancing. You know, I'm seeing some um, – what's that dance? Ecstatic dancing has been coming up a lot in people's interviews less tango
2: yeah i know because it's like there's something so precise about it and you really you can't fake it there's no faking tango like you have to like really be committed to it yeah and it's a true conversation Mm. with like another person do you tango oh yeah oh cool oh yeah okay yeah argentine tango for like three years in san francisco (laughs) amazing it
1: was, but for the right, per- the right person will pick up tango for you. Yeah,
2: I right. Know. That's what I'm. They may not, they may
1: not come that way, but you can, you know, <laughs>
2: can convince them of the importance of it. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So that was a whole lot of. This is. I totally see where this interview is going to go, and it's going to be so much fun. Um. So you are the founder
1: of Modern Love Club. Tell me what that means. So the Modern Love Club is a matchmaking agency in New York City. Um, I interview around fifty people, single people, typically, a week. Um, and I've been doing that for the last decade. I've interviewed over ten thousand single people. Um, I really like sitting in my chair for long periods of time, holding my clipboard and just kind of figuring out what the hell is happening. Um, and it's it's been a really interesting place to sit because you know everyone tells me everything, and I re- I really like that a lot. Um. Position of power. I like... now just I'm just so curious, you know? And if you ask people questions, they'll just answer them. It's wonderful. Um, and so Monday through Friday, the Modern Love Club is a matchmaking agency. And then uh, a couple years ago, I thought it would be real funny to have my matchmaking in a storefront, which uh, <laughs> people don't really do. I mean, yeah. there's not that many matchmakers to begin with, but definitely having a storefront in the East Village um, is definitely not a thing and luckily, my clients went along with me on this journey because it can be a little disruptive because people just try to walk in all day. And there's, like, no <laughs> real signs that, like, says what's going on. So, you know, half a day, people are just, like, kind of, like, walking into the door being like, what's this? You know? And <laughs> is and this like, a gallery? You know, okay. Yeah, exactly. And so on the weekends, it is an art gallery. And so the matchmaking is sort of um, making this sort of clubhouse community art space. And so I can me and my curator, Gabrielle Sirkin, um, can kind of curate art based on what we're really passionate about um, and around themes that I'm interested in, like what's the deal with modern love or like, you know. <laughs> um, and so it's cool that we can kind of get to live in the art world kind of outside of the commercial uh, stresses of like having a gallery. So the love is supporting the art <laughs> As well, it really should be. I think that's
2: how maybe it should always be, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. That the art doesn't have to make money, and therefore you can just sort of enjoy yeah, it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but you know, we've sold a bunch of art because we don't have to. So people believe us. I'm like <laughs> I really, I think this is important. They're like yeah, this is actually why good. not? You're not making any money off of it, Amy. So I guess you're probably telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, I think. Um,
2: once a curator, always a curator, right? Yeah. So I just want to put the
1: things where the things go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actual matchmaking. I want to put the people with the people. I want to put the person next
2: to the, yeah. So, like, are you obsessed with Hello, Dolly? Like, is that,
1: have you... I've never seen Hello, Dolly.
2: What?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. I have a a, a trans daughter, Henry, who hangs out in the East Village. She's uh-huh. 19 that I've been mentoring. Uh for whatever reason, Henry's like you're the one you're talking to <laughs> me, and Henry is obsessed with me watching Hello Dolly. So for Henry, I probably will. Yeah, I haven't seen it.
2: It's absolutely it's so good, and there's just I mean, Dolly Levi is like this matchmaker, and I don't know. I I'm gonna really stay strong and not sing at least twelve bars of you know, Hello Dolly.
1: Oh. But that's not the matchmaker matchmakers. No, that's
2: play. that's um Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, I don't like that song. Yeah, no, that's not oh, a God. song that so is fun and exciting. It's uh, so Dolly Levi in Hello Dolly. Like she plays this like kind of um, brilliant, sassy, manipulative woman who's trying to. Like she's a matchmaker for everybody else. Um, and she's like. The finder of things, like she's the woman that can do everything, yeah. And that's just like what she does, she just does everything, yeah. And um, she has her eyes set on the well known half a millionaire Walter Matthau, and so it's her adventures to getting him to fall in love with her. Well, I imagine it ends well because it's a comedy, right? Yes, oh, good. I mean, and as much as anything ends well.
1: (laughs) it didn't end with her dying at the end of the (laughs) (laughs) no it ended with her getting married yeah classic yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) happily ever after whatever that's supposed to mean well i'm happy for her (laughs) (laughs) what is your happily ever after i mean in seeing all of these uh, love stories what does that mean to you what an interesting
1: question i'm so used to asking the questions um (laughs) You know, I'm at a really interesting time in my life where I'm single and it hasn't been very long, Uh like maybe a month, Um, and I thought that maybe the thoughtful and uh, considerate and responsible thing that I would do for maybe a couple months is maybe bench myself from, uh, you know, any sort of unprocessed you know i just don't want to inflict trauma <laughs> onto anyone before like figuring out um what it is it's interesting i i i've always been pretty open-minded but i it's getting worse my open-mindedness um worse than like i'm becoming open more open or open-minded not. yeah things oh. are, i think like, so these ten thousand matchmaking interviews I I thought I would get more definitive opinions on things, but instead I'm like, oh, yeah, that could work, and, well, that could work, too. (laughs) Um, I don't know. As a child, it's so funny that I'm a matchmaker. I always imagined that I'd be a very successful businesswoman, and I would die alone in a bathtub full of jewels, but I wouldn't really be alone because I'd have two standard poodles that would – I only have one right now. You're halfway there. She's not a standard poodle. She's a toy poodle. Anyways, so I thought that I would do all my business meetings from the bathtub with my, like, rotary handphone. Okay. And that would be my life. That's um, not about Sort of life. like a Iris Apple character or, you know, just Got an it. eccentric older woman. Um, which I'm also halfway there because I'm half old and I'm already eccentric. <laughs> um, so that was my, like, vision for myself as a child. But, you know, I've had so many nice experiences loving people. And so I'll probably continue to do that. Um, but I'm not particularly... Set on an outcome other than I have to think that they're making me a better person and I'm making them a better person and we're adding value to the world when we're together and about outside of that I'm pretty open on on where that goes mm, that sounds actually wildly healthy yeah thanks <laughs> <laughs> everyone's super appalled that I'm a single matchmaker they're like what you gotta put the air mask. I'm like, it's been a month. Like, let me, (laughs) let me like unpack my boxes and also my metaphorical (laughs) boxes that need unpacking. Yeah. (laughs) I
2: mean, I honestly, I, I assumed that you would be single. Like it would be in my mind, if you did love all the time and that was your job, like it would be not as much fun to do love like personally. Oh, interesting.
1: You know, like the I mean, shoemakers, the, the cobbler's son doesn't get fancy he shoes. Those shoes.
2: Yeah. I once dated a like super fancy chef and I got peanut butter and jelly
1: sandwiches, you know? So it's like, yeah, no, I, I really, I, I, I love love, being love. Love. I love, love. I love cultivating love right now. I'm a little uh, excited just to focus on other people's love for a moment. Um, but I'm I'm for it. Mm-hmm. But I'm also for, like, being single. I'm for, like, being super in touch with what a person needs and, like, having communication and skill sets in order to negotiate what you need.
2: Where did that come from?
1: Hmm. I don't know. I'm interested in... I think... Oh, mm, I My obsession with communication and kind of negotiating these things is... So after every date, I get feedback. So I call the people that went on dates. I'm like, hey, what happened with your date? And what I noticed was that everyone was having radically different experiences. Um, Even between the two people that went on the same date. And so whenever people would tell me a story about how their date went, and it sounded like maybe they were actually in the same place, (laughs) usually that person would want to see the person again. Um, But so much of the time, people are having such radically... Different experiences, I started getting really trying to get really thoughtful and concise with like one negotiating needs ahead of time because if you can negotiate those needs ahead of time, you can't get mad about it, right? Um, and then two, um, I forgot what else. <laughs> no, so like if you can negotiate your needs ahead of time, so if you're like, it comes up, you're like, well. And if you use polyamorous, but if you say if you start at the beginning like, well, actually, I'm interested in polyamory, then there's no, you yeah. know, um, there's that, but also like you can solve anything with with communication, um, and we're all people, and even though everyone's different and they have all these different triggers, we can pretty much solve most things if we know how to 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 use our words, hmm. which um is a dying, a rapidly dying, um, yeah, uh, skill set, especially with online dating and sort of this binary thinking and, um, people just kind of reducing themselves to the garbage they can buy or, you know, people are getting there and then people are so mad right now. Everyone's so angry. And so they're, they're not, they're really not communicating. Right. Um, well, and I actually, I had a
2: question officially written down about this, but how do you get, because I feel like people feel really entitled
0: yeah, You know, and yeah, it, yeah.
2: certainly men feel entitled to being like, you know, I should have a girlfriend. I should have all of this. I want this. Yeah. How do you negotiate getting people to feel less entitled, more open to just being present with another person and mm-hmm. just sort of being like, you don't owe me anything. I'm just going to enjoy this time with you. And that's fine.
1: Yeah, it's been one of the great Pleasures And one of the ways that I really feel if I can teach six people a day to kind of be more thoughtful in, about the subject, um, I feel like I've, I, I can go to sleep uh, mm-hmm. well. But it, it's interesting. People are getting a lot worse and they're getting worse, I think, because of online dating. Because these men, they see, you know, the typical woman that they've sort of been traditionally... Uh, uh, socialized to be attracted to Mm -hmm. and they all assume that that woman they can have because they saw her online and so they're going past anyone else that's an outlier in any sort of direction and they're not asking well would that woman even be interested in me they're just all everyone's just obsessed with just getting the thing that they they think they want rather than being like oh well am i adding value Would this person want to meet me um and so typically if someone comes in and they're looking for something that's vastly different than what they're what they're putting out there, mm-hmm. they'd be a very bad matchmaking client. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could be like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, I don't really, I'm not doing this sort of matchmaking where if you're rich and old, you can date someone hot and young. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. I don't right. want to do that. Um, and so, you know, if someone's asking for something that they're not possessing, then um, that, that's, a, that's a real uh, trigger that, I mean, sometimes they just don't know. Right. And then I can be like, Hey, actually, well, I don't, you know, I don't think that that's, uh, that's not what you're putting out. Um, so maybe you're not ready for an actual relationship with an actual person. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's kind of one of the qualifiers that I would kind of have in my mind before taking on someone as a client, but I would take them on as a coaching client. Okay, explain to me the difference, like a coaching client versus... So, matchmaking dating. client, I am legally required to give them matches every month. Oh. And so, I cannot give them matches if the matches do not want to date them. Right. So, if they're being, if there's a disparity between what they want, and sometimes they can end up getting that thing that they want if they do the work. Uh-huh. Right? Um, and so, uh, before you get to the matchmaking... If you, you maybe need the you coaching because some i could I could put the match in front of the person every single time, but they if they haven't worked through the if they're not that, ready, yeah, if they're not ready, um then it doesn't matter, yeah, wow, how do you explain that to some
2: like is it hard to explain to someone you're not ready for that you need some coaching, or do they just sort of like, okay, you're right, well, or is it
1: I think uh, you know I, I I'm really happy lately with the way my conversations have been going with people um i think because everyone knows that i'm operating from a pretty good place of faith Mm. um and not like religious faith but just like i'm not not doing humans i'm not doing this because like you know i'm buying a lot of convertibles and and standard poodles even though i'm open to buying (laughs) convertibles and standard poodles um (laughs) because this one's getting old uh, little toy. No, I just, Aww. you know, I just be like, you know, I'll ask people what they're anxious about or what they feel self-conscious about. And I'll be like, oh, well, let's coach you through that so we can get your next level match instead of the, the you know, the person that you would have gotten, you know, when you were operating on video game level four. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so, like, if you want a video, if you want to date on video game level nine, let's get you to video game level nine so you can net that. Um, but so, you know, I, people, people know. People know about themselves. Sometimes they just need to me to be like, Oh, well,
2: what was the thing that like kickstarted all of this from you just like wanting, you know, meddling in people's lives or whatever it was oh, God. to like, be like, I think I'm a matchmaker and I think I'm, it's my business. This is, I think I want this to be my job. Like what yeah. gave you the courage? What, what was the advice? What happened?
1: That was the thing that made this real. I'm just so lucky and things are so ridiculous, but I, Even as a kid, I would have like matchmaking. I mean, they went poorly, but I'd have matchmaking parties at the mall for my like (laughs) very quirky group of kind of we were sort of derelict misfits. But I was like the queen of the misfits. And we had like this party where I'd ask all my like friends who, who were truly a band of outsiders what guys they would like. And they liked popular guys. So I invited all these popular guys to the mall. And I said, like, you have secret admirers. Come to the mall. And then it ended up, I had no idea that we were not cool. And so it, it ended up being really humiliating. They're like, we don't want to date any of you guys. You girls are the weird weird and smell weird and, like, are missing limbs. <laughs> um, I, like, I had no idea that we weren't, like, traditionally. Because I had friends, right? And there was a lot of them. Yeah. Like, we were just, you know, doing our own thing. You just weren't the cool kids. You didn't know. Uh, yeah, I just didn't. I thought we were very cool. And I still think we are much cooler. Uh, I'd like to see where those guys are now. <laughs> hmm Yeah. Yeah. Certainly not in the East Village. I don't, well, maybe, maybe a couple. <laughs> <laughs> where, so where are you from? Where was, uh, where were you raised? Um, I was raised in Cape Canaveral, Florida. Okay. So a lot of space. Floridian. Space stuff, Floridian. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the way I say Floridian.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the fact that I know that that's a word. I'm very proud of that. There you go. Floridian. Yep. I grew up in a junkyard. With my grandparents. They owned the junkyard. Oh, wow. Um, And my grandma was kind of like a circus performer, kind of crazy free spirit. And my grandfather was the the junk man. Wow. So I'm a product of uh, these two extremely eccentric individuals. (laughs) But that gave you like... Full steam, right? Yeah, no, never, never had to break away from anything because there just was no fighting. There's no fighting right. chance for conformity. Go get it. Yeah, I'm like the I'm like the straight one in my um, bunch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I too was raised by my eccentric mother, artist artsy mother, and um, I was very close to my grandparents. And I think there's something very special about having grandparents in your life because they're they just come from life from such a different perspective because they've lived longer and they're just way more settled into who they are. And so they give you like this very generous amount of time and appreciation. And yeah, like, it's just a totally different level of like, Oh no, I'm awesome. This is awesome. just yeah, like, totally cool.
1: like, I'm just going to love you kid. Yeah. And like,
2: I already know who I am. Yeah, like I already proved myself.
1: Yeah, I already did this. Yeah. yeah.
2: So you're cool. Yeah. Go ahead, we go could. get it. We good. good. I'm gonna give you unconditional
1: support and love. It's true. Like, uh, yeah. And I mean, they knew about cooler stuff because like, I'm like real into like I'm into like 1967 and like my grandma had all the cool 1967 stuff. Um, so that was that was neat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, grandparents great. are great. They and are. if you don't have one, I'm sorry, but there's lots of old people in the East Village that are looking for all sorts of child figures, and I can con- <laughs> I can connect you with a with that could a, be a
2: next a version grand- of
1: your yeah. Uh, matchmaking, yeah, is the children to grandparents. I I do it all. I can I can find you a, an a older person that needs attention <laughs> in the East Village if you don't have one. Okay, that's definitely
2: something that you could come to the East Village for, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, the East Village has such a, like, it's changed so much because, like, the
1: weirdos, I guess there's still weirdos oh, here, but gosh. I mean, they're
2: kind of now in Brooklyn, no, right? Is no, that what no, no.
1: So, for a while, all the weirdos were in Brooklyn, and I lived in Brooklyn, and then Brooklyn got more expensive, and the East Village stayed <laughs> the same price because the weirdos wouldn't leave, and so we're, they're they just keeping it, we're keeping it real in the East Village. Um, we can't really, there's just, you can't it's a enjoy. certain grizzly bunch, and there's nothing to be done about us. Okay. All right, we well, have like a her. weird little Bermuda Triangle of, uh, at the particular this corner that I'm on mm-hmm. on Ninth, uh, you know, with a long history of weirdos and and we're still here and uh, it, it's 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 thriving in in eccentricities. Like that's... I have a friend who has like a bra that she wears in her head with like light lights. Did in you it. say a bra? Yeah, she, she keeps her bra on her head. She she's pink hair too. Um, yeah. Okay. We, we got we got some we got some good ones.
2: Did you ever see the linguini incident?
1: No. <gasps> oh my god. It's amazing. I wish someone could see you. <laughs> it's like the most Cruella de vil <laughs> Your nails just grew longer as you scratched the couch. <laughs> Don't me. Do <anything. laughs> Catch those puppies. I'm <laughs> sorry. I sometimes get a, a
2: tad dramatic. I have a bit of a flair. Um. The Linguini Incident is David Bowie and Rosanna Arquette. How have I
1: not seen this? Like,
2: My name. That's from a David saying, Bowie. Modern Love. Like, I know. What's
1: going on? I know.
2: Uh, so sleeping on the job. It's hard to find this film, but you should absolutely find it because it's in. I think it's in the West Village or it's somewhere in New York. And David Bowie, Rosanna Arquette plays. You will love her character, a um magician's assistant. And she wants to be a magician herself. And she's obsessed with Harry Houdini. And uh David Bowie plays the um bartender at the restaurant that she waitresses at. And her friend, her best friend, is a lingerie designer who designs lingerie with like knives and like guns and stuff like it's self-defense lingerie oh it's, oh God, it's absolutely fantastic buck henry's in it i mean it's all right i'm so good this, film. this is literally all of my interests
1: <laughs> for yes
2: yeah i maybe there's even a poodle i don't know but i mean <laughs> it's amazing it's so good you're welcome um okay so i have my final list of questions let me, because I know that they're on there, but really good. Um, so what is your mission
1: with this club? With the Modern Love Club, well, I, uh, it's pretty straightforward. I really believe in community, and I, I, um, I want people to be less lonely. I think people are more lonely than ever. I think it's an epidemic. Um, and I, I just want people to know that if they need people. Like there's a place where that's like what we're doing. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Um. What do you think is the most underrated characteristic when looking for a mate? Hmm. Well,
1: I'm very surprised how uh how flawed people's things the things that they're looking for are so dumb. People are like, hey, he's got to be six feet tall and Caucasian and make out of this much money. No, no one no one is like coming in and being like, yo, Amy, just set me up with whoever's going to make me the happiest. Or yeah, no one smarter. Says or self-actualized. or. Um, I mean, I personally, the number one thing that I'm looking for in a partner is grit. So like the ability to sort of respond to crisis and kind of come out on the other side a better, interesting, more like a good person cuz it's just going to it's going to get worse you know <laughs> and so we really need someone who can kind of like grin through it and kind of like you know
2: yeah cuz so, so I think grit's real important okay that that actually makes a lot of sense how do you know when it's
1: a match mm oh my god i always know when it's a match it's so stupid you know what i want to do for my birthday party what i want Someone to hide, like, 50 real couples in a room with some people that are not couples. And I want to see if I can get all the couples right. Like, the matching game in real life. <laughs> this is my dream. When is your birthday? November. So, if if anyone wants to help make that happen, I just want to match. I just want to see if the people I put together are the actual matches.
2: Wait, are you a Scorpio or are you a Sag? I'm a Scorpio. Oh. I don't know. I don't know about that, but. Mm. <laughs> As with normal Scorpios. <laughs>
1: um, like with the Myers-Briggs, anytime someone's an INTJ, they hate the Myers-Briggs. So uh-huh. like, maybe that's like what Scorpios are to the
2: Yeah, actually, Scorpios, they're like, oh, I am not in a box. I cannot be defined. You know, how, I, how I don't do mind to do it. that.
1: I just come from a long line of witches. And so I'm trying to like rebel and be slightly less interested in the same How stuff.
2: is How is that working out for you? Oh, uh, you know.
1: I'm just, you know, at some point I'll probably come back around. I actually, in an act of real um, defiance, I converted to being a wizard.
2: Okay. Can you define the difference between
1: becoming a wizard versus like, well, clearly you wanted me to. I really (laughs) wanted you to ask uh, because I met a wizard the other day and he's like, well, this is, uh..." so wizards, you can be any gender. Um, but a wizard uses psychology instead to help people find their, their best selves. So I'd be like, oh, oh, has it occurred to you to get in? Like, like for, like you were trying to wizard me in a certain way by asking, like, why I didn't want to be a witch. And maybe it might be easier if I just, like, went back home to my roots of being a witch. It's like <laughs> a very wizarding behavior. Uh, you, in saying that, it made me realize, like,
2: that I am very fucking wizardy. Yeah. Yeah. Mary I've Poppins been- is a wizard. I actually refer to myself as Mary Poppins. All the time. So you might be a wizard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a wizard
2: and a witch? Oh my goodness.
1: That's a lot of, yeah. I mean, it's complicated being a a human and non-human these days. There's just lots of things to negotiate. Yeah. Don't I know it.
2: Don't I know it but now I can call myself a wizard too. This is great. I like it. This is really no, I think helpful. Wizards
1: are about to be huge. I think wizards- Well, I
2: mean, they kind of are. I mean,
1: I for, like, I'm not ta- called I Harry don't, I Potter. don't think about Harry Potter ever. <laughs> well, I, you know, so here's the thing. Something I'm about like, like a little like a walking stick, I, like a little beard. I, yeah,
2: but I mean, you know, when you think about like how, when pop culture, like big things, shifts happen in pop culture, like the Lord of the Rings, like Harry Potter, you know it's shifting the consciousness to even if it's like oh it's so cheesy wizard you know but deep down inside it's still activating some part of like the collective mind frame to say wizards and witches are now actually you can
1: say that out loud oh like, you yeah can, you know everyone in bushwick is a witch yeah every all of brooklyn <laughs> all in ninth street i like ninth street because they're all like og witches like, <laughs> all the witches live on ninth street um But yeah, like, maybe that's why I'm being a wizard, because I'm like, everyone's a witch now. Everybody. Everyone's a witch.
2: I'm a wither. I was raised a
1: witch. (laughs)
2: I don't like this. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was interesting, because my mom, like, my entire family is definitely, like, like, long, many, many generations of uh, brouhaha's, right? Like, just very, very witchy women. And my mom super fucking witchy and like did numerology that was her jam and all of this stuff but she was like totally refused to use that word it's like didn't you know just really anti like the actual thing she's like no no that's not what i do i'm a painter and i do numerology and i study astrology in depth and i'm all into like uh holistic medicine and so on but i am not a witch (laughs) like okay. Yeah.
1: You know, so I guess. Yeah, but now, now girls be getting their crystals from urban outfitters and calling themselves a witch.
2: Isn't it a little surreal? hmm Yeah. I mean, I'm happy that, you know. Yeah, I, much like Burning Man, like I'm glad that, you know, when something subculture becomes pop culture, yeah. you know, it's for the better for all of us. Yeah. You know? I mean, now I need to find a better Burning Man, but yeah. Yes, it's true. Boom?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know this one.
2: Boom is in Spain. So it's, by an ocean oh, it's a beach key. burning man
1: that is key yeah that is the burning man and water ideal yeah so boom you're welcome boom all right right. Mhm. see you there when is it august oh. next year next year
2: all right yeah let's go okay all right I'm down. yeah me too i think you'd be lots of fun to go to boom
1: with oh yeah i'm great i'm great at um not being annoying while traveling
2: <laughs> it's a secret scorpio skill Cause they're just like so methodical in their preparation of things oh, i'm not very methodical at all but i don't mind chaos kind of makes me calm that's pretty methodical though Oh, um. <laughs> the way that you organize chaos
1: yeah i also have very low standards for living <laughs> I'm like okay i'll just like, eat this garbage i found on the ground and this trash can's not my house fine i think i learned that from burning man though that that's and the sure, junkyard there you go
2: <laughs> the, the survival it's okay we're gonna get through this yeah yeah maybe that's why grit is your number one thing
1: yeah i just like i don't want to be this one who's like oh i don't like my sandwich where's my roof <laughs> that, that's pure
2: freedom i love it uh let's see her. um is there a surefire way to find love in these crazy times
1: Mmm. Sure fire way to find love. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like like a one thing that you could actionably do to definitely be 100% successful no matter what?
2: I, I think I mean it in this idea of like what is this thing that you know, is it work on yourself? Like there's got to be some sort of step plan of like things
1: that you can do to improve your chances. Right. I mean, this is going to sound very cheesy and you know, my clients, I don't, I'm, I don't talk that much about like my relationship with spirituality or anything like that. But I do think it helps to be in the state of love mm. so that you're always in love. And then when you're kind of in that state, you're kind of mash up against other people that are also in that state. And it, it works really well. Um, so if you're spiritual, if you're interested in like that kind of work or journey, I think if you can get yourself, and that's a tall order, right? Being in a state of love. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would, pre- that would probably be pretty surefire. Okay. Cause then you're, you're not, you're not so, um, stuck on like having to be like, Oh, I looks to, like, like... A, a human being today or not, that I'm also like, I... cause you can't really take it away once you're kind of there.
2: Right. I I've always thought of it as like when you're internalized. You know, when, like, life is happening and it's it's good because you've made it good because it's happening on the inside. Yeah. not It's not really conditioned on someone else or something external.
1: No, yeah, like, I don't have to meet the person I'm going to be in love with because I've already met the people that I'm in love with and I'll probably continue being in love with lots of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's less of a... Having to search for something, kind of situation.
2: My um, One of my big anthems for the summer has been um, Lizzo's Soulmate. Have you heard
1: this song? No, I've just been, so I haven't been watching any movies and I haven't been reading any news and I haven't really been doing anything other than hearing the things that people like. So I hear about all the things that people are watching and reading, <laughs> but I'm really just sitting here with a clipboard and then like walking around with like, you know, the teenagers <laughs> in the East Village trying to like. Keep them out of trouble. <laughs> I have not heard this song. But. Like, oh, well. <laughs> if... What would I do to hear
2: a song? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I'll just say this. Lizzo is an amazing performer, and she's really... I don't even know who
1: Lizzo is.
2: Oh, man. Where have I been? So Lizzo actually is a protege of princes, and she is a very... She's a large black woman who is unapologetic for her largeness, for her sexiness, She's really bold and she's just delightful. Mm. Like in interviews and when she's performing, she's so like open and vulnerable. And she talks about, you know, her own struggles with like being um, large and how much, you know, how much perception about who she is just, like, is this constant crushing weight and, like, how she has rebelled against it. I mean, it's really quite amazing. And the album that's out now is just... It's it's an anthem. Like, the whole album is an anthem. But one of the songs is called Soulmate. And uh, basically the line is, because I'm my own soulmate. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: And she's talking about, like, developing a relationship and that your soulmate is you. That's who is your soulmate. Yeah. And it's just like such an amazing thing to hear like this level of positivity and not externalizing like how important it is to be in love with someone else but to just actually be in love with you
1: before you can actually be in love with anyone else yeah you know i think that if you are generally a person because there's people that you feel you know uh more excited and happy and, and more comfortable around if you can be that person people will naturally kind of be geared towards you. And so if you're doing the best you can do to be a pleasant, energizing person who, you know, people want to be around if you can do that. And then also make sure you're in places where you meet other people that are single between those two things. Generally it'll work out. (laughs) Uh, But most of the time, People will come in and they won't know that they're like kind of energetically in a sort of uh, unpleasant place. And Weird. so like the people that like, you know, tried to do the matchmaking interviews real fast to get them out the door. But they want someone that makes them feel amazing, you know. And so, that, yeah, to, like you have to figure out like what vibes are like you. like What are you bringing into a room? Do people, are people excited to see you or are they kind of like not answering your phone, you know, because <laughs> if, if that's what's happening and it's probably happening across, you know, a a person's life they just need to figure out how to make themselves be something more exciting and pleasant to be around Mm. um and so if you do do that if you're being really honest with yourself and kind of or maybe you have a friend that'll give you feedback you're doing that and also going where there are single people typically it works out well where do
2: you think like where do single people go where are you like that is a place where single people this is a good place to meet single people well i think the modern love club is a great place
1: (laughs) Got to say that. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think Modern Love Club is definitely the number one place to meet single people. Um, I think that if you have an interest, like a niche interest, I think having interest in one is super important. A lot of people forgot to have interest recently, and I'm kind of worried about them. Um, I think conferences are a really cool place to meet people. Okay. Um, uh, you know, I just got back from some sort of conference. Uh, in, in Mykonos and everyone was sort of like a digital they're all like they're all like digital nomads and stuff and uh, everyone uh, you know everyone paired off with someone else because oh. you're in a house with other people and listen typically like if you're just like having a life as a traveling uh digital nomad or whatever it's probably because there's not a lot of home life so that most of them are single Mm -hmm. um and so i I found the conference circuit to be a really exciting place um to meet people oh that sounds that is
2: exciting yeah the conference world yeah the conference circuit how do
1: you feel like i mean obviously like the i was like uber pool i love uber pool is my number one dating app i'm always matching up people in my uber pools
2: (laughs) really yeah
1: Wow. Yeah, I love okay. Do you just, like, you're in an Uber pool. You're like, hey, who what are you? you? Yeah. And then, like, you take their number and the then king, you're like. They have to get to their locations. So they're not going to, like, jump out. There you go.
2: Dedicated audience. hmm Yeah. Captive audience. Got it.
1: Okay. Yeah, anywhere there's a captive. Elevators are a good place. where <laughs> the people can't run away. Like, you're like, oh, we're in it together. We're people, you know. Obviously, the subway. Subway. I used to make a lot of friends in the subway. Not so much recently. I don't know Well, because you're Uber pooling, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what's going on. It's not good for carbon. <laughs> what am I doing?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, August in New York City is really crazy. It's yeah,
1: so, I mean, L trains never. Yeah, the train situation is uh, suboptimal. It's uh,
2: it is definitely something I've had to adjust to coming out here. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm here for 25 minutes in the subway in at least 100 degrees. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I did actually get into a really good conversation with someone. Just like I carry a fan around with me everywhere. Mm. And so I'll fan other people and they just love that. And they're like, oh, thank you. That's so great. That's so nice. I offer them peppermint oil. It's like these people, you know? Oh, you're an angel. I just don't, like, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm an old school raver, so you just always
1: come you're prepared. like, Do you have water? <laughs> <laughs> How's your trip? I'm like, what? This isn't a club, this is a subway. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. we're all still but trying yeah. to get places. I think that's it what it is. It should smell good. It's extending that sense of community that you've learned from having niche communities to the entire world. And yeah. so treating every single person like they're a member of your tribe and kind of extending the same sort of curiosity that you'd have any anytime a new person is in your space. So like, I meet a lot of people because I think that I am the mayor of the East Village. And so I'm like, <laughs> hey everyone, just check it in. Like, who are you, I haven't seen you before. And because of that friendliness, it's not, it's not like a, I'm not hitting on people. Yeah. I'm really just checking it out. And so that earnest curiosity about people ends up having more opportunities to turn romantic, but it doesn't need to.
2: Uh, I've always loved the phrase real phony, like from Holly Golightly. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I I think that there's really something to that where it's just like you sort of conscientiously but also innocently just like want people to have a wonderful time all the time. Yeah. Kind of like it's the best. Yeah.
1: Like why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. I mean, that's that's everything is great about um the movie breakfast at Tiffany's except for Mickey Rorick's part. It seems Oh, like a, that was... That did they not... They should just re-edit it and just take that part out. Yeah. It had nothing whole, to do with the plot. Like, super weird Chinese... Fake yeah, it's very this. strange. Yeah. And you're you know. like, oh, I love this movie. You're like, wait, what? Oh, yeah, I know. I gotta read the book. That's de- definitely... I've
2: never read the book either. I think
1: it's incredible. And a little bit racier than the movie.
2: As well it should be. And yeah. I think he's more obviously a gay man. I think, I think he's think? like a gay man and like a sex worker, perhaps. Oh, okay. I think they both are. Ooh. It's exciting. That is exciting. You know, I mean, I've always kind of been a little intrigued by the whole Truman Capote mystique.
1: Mm. But...
2: I never actually like I we had in cold blood at my house and that just like looked so weird and depressing. Cold blood. Yeah. yeah. In cold blood. Very in large story glitter. about Yeah, exactly. Burnt I would glitter. have I would have picked up that book. <laughs> like, ooh, glitter. Yes. <laughs> um okay, so moving right along. Um what advice do you give that you don't follow? Mm. Wow, you're good
1: at question. I've done so many interviews, and you're asking me questions that no one has had the gall to ask me. Um, <laughs> what advice? Not lots of it. Almost all of it. <laughs> um. Yeah, all of it. I, I I don't I I take very little of my advice. Okay. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> what is What's the one that you wish one? that you would really take, but you never do? Mm.
1: Mm. I tend to date people that maybe aren't at a place in their life where they're as strong as maybe is necessary. So in a certain way, it kind of feels like I'm dating Mm -hmm. more vulnerable men so that I can feel more secure and I would probably not like it if my clients did that oh why do you think that is um probably play acting some sort of child trauma childhood trauma there you go it feels good to be needed I think Mm. it's probably why I'm a matchmaker too Right? right like everyone needs their matchmaker and people yeah. are very grateful for our Yeah. Oh, my like, gosh. Oh. My, like, clout ever since I have everyone's boyfriends and girlfriends. Up, <laughs> you know, like, I'm getting invited to parties that I was def- would definitely not be invited to if I didn't have the boyfriends and girlfriends, and that's why everyone's being real nice. Right. I mean, I don't mind. I still get to go to the parties.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a power play, but it's a good it's yeah. a good play. Yeah. You know. Have have a good reason. I mean, I'm in media for, yeah, you know, you my, to go to the, yeah. my free theater tickets. And, you know, I get, to, I get to meet people that I want to meet. Mm-hmm. Yay.
1: Yeah. And you can use that to to, to get to socially the higher, infiltrate. Yeah. There you go.
2: It's true. <laughs> it's always, you know, you got to find your way in. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Live the life that you want to lead. So what is the dream
1: life for you? I mean is this it or I think this is there? it. Oh my god. Yeah, I just love sitting in my chair with my clipboard. <laughs> is that my dream life? I you know, I like to so this I, I didn't finish telling you why how I got to be a matchmaker. Please tell me. Um so I I my first love was performance art and I was always very interested, even as a child, I don't know how the word performance art Artist got to me but somehow it it did and I was really interested in durational performance art huh. and so matchmaking started off as a durational performance art piece that I imagined would last two months and now it's been like 12 years wow um but it started off as a performance art piece and then I ended up you just sit in the chair and do the same thing long enough you end up being very good at the thing thank god because otherwise people would be throwing bricks through the window <laughs> um which is why you should always hire a matchmaker who has a window you can throw bricks on because you know that they are ethical and not going anywhere. Because they're, yeah. Because windows are expensive. They have invested. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it started off as a performance art piece and it became my life. But I don't mind it. Do you think that? But I'd like to it. make more art. I, I'm i kind of starting to open back up some of the channels of not just supporting other people's career art careers, but also, you know.
2: That's a huge thing, like being like the facilitator versus being the actual yeah. artist.
1: Yeah, so I've been, I kind of took a break from, you know, acting and performance art for, and and playwriting and all these things that I grew up really loved doing. And I'm like, oh wait, I started kind of doing like acting again, and it's been really fun. I thought it maybe had evaporated, but I, I think it's still there. It always. Yeah. Is so the creativity is there. I just was so busy focusing on other people
2: that I didn't really. It just took on a different medium. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest with you, I think you're still
1: in performance art. Like you're still like I'm sitting in this chair for 50 hours a week in an art gallery. <laughs> it doesn't feel very different from like Marina Abramovic or, you know, the only sure. difference is like sometimes I talk back and give you advice. Yeah.
2: I'm not just staring at you. Well, and you actually receive a a check from these people. Yeah, yeah.
1: I was actually kind of dreaming of if we lived in a place where, like, grants happened, I would love to get a grant for matchmaking as an art piece and then give it away for free instead of having to
2: charge people. That would be so interesting if, like, the city of New York... Just, like, like, wanted to invest in the
1: happiness of their occupants by paying for the Modern Love Club to exist. Uh, My God, that would be the best. That'd be so good for the morale. That would, yeah,
2: take that, Hilda Blasio. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. (sighs) It's my dream. I I would help you work on that. I think there should be, like, a national
1: matchmaker fund or something. Yeah, in China and Japan, the government, because... You know the love crisis is around the world, and we're sort of at a a critical moment. Yeah. Um, and I'm very interested to see what's going to happen because um the the thing, the thing seems to be falling apart, and so I'm excited to see if people, um, end up getting it together and romantic love continues to exist in the way it has, or if they're going to invent something totally new and exciting and radical, or if they're all just going to shut down and just be in relationships with their fucking cell phones. We'll see.
2: Right, I'm worried. Something about like robots or something. Sure, or, yeah, maybe, yeah. Have you had experience with um? I've a never Chinese- had sex with a robot. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow, we went in very different directions, but that's that's totally fine. <laughs> um, I haven't had sex with a robot, but I mean, does a vibrator count as a? It's not a robot.
1: Hmm. It's robotic. Yeah, but. Mm, I was thinking more like a. Like an actual sex bot. Yeah, like that sweet maid from the Jetsons.
2: Rosie. Oh, I was actually thinking of the actual, like, Jude Law as a sex bot that was in that movie. The AI movie? Oh. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Okay. <laughs> it's okay. I think my pop culture
1: knowledge, like, <laughs> dropped off in 1967.
2: Okay. <laughs> Alright. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Uh, so in this movie, there is a, uh, like actual sex bot that Jude Law plays the sex bot. Jude Law's cute. He is. It's very, it's, it's definitely. It's tempting. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm like, okay, all right. Bring it future. Huh. Off we go.
1: Off we go. Well, cause I mean, ultimately it's like when you think about. As people get more picky. And more socially, more difficult, which is what's happening. These two things are happening. They're going to have to start fucking robots. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because that's the the corner everyone's backed themselves
2: into. Right, because, you know, we're we're not capable of handling complex problems Mm -mm. with other people. Nope. Yeah, no, not (laughs) at all.
1: I got Tinder just to see what was happening on Tinder. Um, And this guy, like, writes, like, hey, how are you and I write back, you too lazy to date. <laughs> and so I've just been telling all the men on Tinder how lazy they are. And they don't get in arguments or tell me that they're not lazy. They just delete me. God, yeah. They're like, well, someone else will deal with my laziness. Right. It's it's very much like roulette,
2: you know, just like keeps just keep throwing going. it out there, yeah. you know. And it's it's so disturbing to me that they – I think that's the whole basis of ghosting, right? It's just like – there's really you don't know how to communicate. Right. Like, hey, just like I like you conference. as a
1: person, but we're not chemically connecting. No big deal. Yeah. It's not a hard conversation to happen. It happens all the time. No. It's been happening for, you know, the history of humanity till now. And everyone's just like, I'm just going to my it's... cell phone. Right. You're like, what?
2: <laughs> I to- yeah. No, I'm completely baffled at this concept of just like, you know, I mean, to me. And nice the- people can- goes. Yeah. Nice people.
1: Regular people are ghosting. Yeah. It's normal. Now people we, don't want you to tell them when you don't like them. They're like, why are you telling me that? You're supposed to just disappear.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'd, I'd actually like to know. I'd like to hear like, hey, this isn't working. Yeah, you know, maybe if I pissed you off, tell me. Yeah. Maybe I could be a better person. Well, here's the thing. So I was in a relationship with this guy and it was in the very beginning. So it was cool. He was cool. Blah, 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 blah. And then he basically told me that I give him anxiety because I am too sexually advanced basically for him. Like he doesn't, he, he doesn't, he has all these issues about like having this terrible relationship with his ex-wife and so he feels very insecure and I bring out that insecurity in him. And that I give him anxiety and he's like, I don't think I can keep up with you. And so you, you're a very sexual person. That gives me a lot of anxiety. I was like, wow. Okay. All right. That's cool. Okay. And so in explaining, you know, to a couple of my friends who are feminists, by the way, like very, like other women, the first thing that they would do would be like, well, you can, you can fix that. Like that's, you know, I mean, you can certainly negotiate that. And I was like, no, actually. He said that I gave him anxiety and that he's not in a place where he can appreciate, like, the level of sexual being that I am. And that doesn't make him feel good. It's not my job to go in. He wasn't like, can you help me work through this anxiety that came up? He's like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to deal with this. And so I was like,
1: okay. so it was a question, right? Like it was like, oh, I got this anxiety that I've been observing. Can we, I like you a lot. Can we work through this? Right. Exactly. Then you could right? the right. Then Great. I'm like, okay. Teachable moment. Love it.
2: Exactly. But he didn't want to be taught. He didn't want to like learn how to be into my, how to come into my world. Right. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. But all of my friends have given me the same advice, which is like, oh, no, I should go in and fix it. I can fix it. I can live with it. I can change it. I can do all this stuff. And I'm like, how is it that we as a society automatically think that the woman can just... You've just been fixing shit for so long. Yeah. To go I? in and just be like, oh, no, no, no. You're definitely not my person. But I should... You're nice, though. So I should try and come back in and, and make it work. Yeah. Mind-boggling.
1: It's interesting that the, the deal-breaker wasn't... He wasn't interested or open or... You, know, you didn't say, like, he wasn't sexually exciting enough for you. Like, no, 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 It seemed no. like a non-issue for you. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, I mean, I was like... I knew that, like, I was like... Okay, I mean, I'm very used
1: for... to being sexually disappointed. This is not... If this was... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. Like, it's no big deal. It happens all the
2: time. I mean, I just, you know, so for me, I. You know, I am. I'm a very sexual person. I was not raised in Catholicism or Christianity. So I don't have any
1: guilt associated with being a sexual woman. Isn't it great not feeling guilt about sex? It is so amazing. And yet I realize that... I would love it if everyone could have this gift, if they could just throw away their guilt.
2: Oh, my God. It's amazing. But the thing is, is that it does make me this weirdo because I don't have any guilt associated with, like, having a sexual relationship. And so I find myself when I'm dating, like, and at least he was honest in the fact that I give him anxiety about it because he's definitely dealing with all of his issues and stuff, right? Yeah. And it's like, I don't have those issues. I don't want to be with, like, I was fine with it. Like, it's sad, but I don't want. To date someone that has those issues, and I have to work like I have to go and regress back into Catholicism, in order to like right. date somebody. Yeah. Why
1: would I do that? And Listen, if you thought this person was your person, and he thought that too, it wasn't, you'd figure it, wasn't it out. You'd figure it out, but obviously that wasn't the case because totally. if it's not your person, then you'll let it go. Yeah, and if it was your person, then y'all would work through it. So it's not like, it's not like, oh, now it's your job to go fix this. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that it's just
2: like in this modern world, women are supposed to fix things and men are not supposed to communicate what they need fixing, right? Like there's just like these two weird trains where it's like men just are not supposed to say that they feel bad or they feel like, you know, what their emotions are. They don't in any way acknowledge it, right? Like. And then women are supposed to fix that they don't want to acknowledge that,
1: I think. Yeah, men are supposed to be strong and women are supposed to be helpful. And you know what's fucked up? That whenever the genders are reversed, the woke feminist women that come into my shop are saying, oh, well, that person's beta and I could never date them. So they're still picking their ma- their mates or their matches based on an outdated thing. Mm. Like Like we're allowed to be strong and outspoken but we're not allowed to have supportive or right. sensitive men because, oh, I'm just not attracted to that, they say. Uh. And so I think that, for me, the next step in feminism is sort of empowering women to think outside of the binary of wanting the strong, successful man and, you know, have something like, well, if you're the strong, successful woman, maybe you can have the sweet, supportive male. Yeah. like And, like, let's make a better term for the, Everyone's like, oh, the beta male. I'm like, no. Awesome. Yeah. Like, and, and these guys are are not getting matched. And all the women are like, there's no guys. I'm like, yeah, they are You've been <laughs> ignoring him. He's been here the whole time. He's really nice. He's sitting right He's next sitting to you. He can hear you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I was, uh, I was in Breckenridge for, um, uh, I was in Breckenridge for their international arts festival. And the woman who was doing the curating and she does, Brett creates really awesome. And she, but she's like super like powerful, like, you know, in charge, alpha lady, right? Super cool. So after the big festival thing, we all get drinks, and I meet her husband, and he's the most charming guy. in that he's like, yeah, I'm not really ambitious. I stay home, you know. She's the one. She's she's doing her thing. And, and he's
1: doing stuff at home that's helpful? Yes. Okay. Oh, he's totally like, I'm I'm cooking and cleaning and okay. doing that stuff. Yeah, but he's to like, do that. Right. And I was like, I want someone to cook for me and clean. My apartment's messy. Right. Or we can hire someone. It doesn't matter. But someone's got to do it. And it's not me. Right. And I'm like, no, actually, because he, he had this moment
2: where he sort of clearly was shy about the fact, like what his role was and that he was, you know, the the homemaker. And I was like, no, that's fantastic. The life I'm sure negotiator she- making it work. Right, because you guys are in a relationship, she has a busy, like, you know, really taxing, super, like. And culturally helpful
1: job. Yeah. She can do more good if she has someone to support her.
2: Right, and not only that, you're not interested in any of that stuff. You're not trying, you're, you don't have typical associations with wanting to be this ambitious. Yeah. You know, beautiful. successful, classic dude. Like, this is a great relationship, and he was like, he was, visually relieved that I acknowledged his place in it and not being like, Oh, why don't you have a good job or whatever? You should want that. It's like, yeah. no, be a supportive dude.
1: What's yeah. wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with it. There's lots of different ways to make it work, but, um, mm. yeah, if we, um, if we want, uh, if we want to change the conversation, let's really change the conversation. So really look at like what we're looking for us mm-hmm. women in our matches and make sure that it's actually um indicative of our values that we're wanting for ourselves.
2: Do you ask like clients that about like what their values are and do you find that they actually understand what that is? Like they have clear ideas about it? So the
1: more the more a person understands themselves, the more likely they're going to be successful with us. So, yeah, I ask all of those. Um and so, you know, a person to be more likely for a coaching candidacy would be something that we'd have to kind of develop that Mm. way um because you can't have a match if you are not a fully fleshed out character right um there's no match because it's nothing um and i I find that people are just not as engaged with their own lives or their own narratives or their own taste and proclivities and, and, and curiosities so there's not a character and if you don't have a character you can't match it with another character Mm. Um and so I actually think that the more, even if you're eccentric or um, an outlier in a lot of different ways, it's easier to find the match because you know it's the match. right? you know yeah um, But
2: I forgot about it. <laughs> um, let's see here. What is your best advice to keep a relationship healthy?,
1: mm, my advice to keep a relationship, you know, I'm really good at getting people in those relationships. How do they stay in them? How do they stay in them? Well, I can give some practical feedback. Um, I I think that, for me, I'm really interested in teaching people how to love people the way they need to be loved rather than the way that you want to be loved. And Mm. so, like, if your partner is the kind of person that uh, needs to be touched a lot or um, communicated with a lot, giving them what they need rather than what expecting what they want what you want right and so um, acknowledging that people want different things speaking in the same language that your partner is and so if your person's a very visual person leaving them visual reminders of your love If a person's very physical so not just what you need I I think that that's really helpful and then also figuring out and don't go too far on this obviously but you know (laughs) what value am I bringing to the relationship how can I what kind of actionable things can I do to make this work and thinking, thinking of it as the relationship as an entity outside of just the two of you and a thing that you can kind of actionably um, make better. Hmm. Mm. That's
2: good. Um. What do you do for yourself to keep creative when your day job is living the dream?
1: Hmm. I like to. Well, I really like to do LSD and dance. <laughs> I Doing a lot of LSD and dancing, although I'm on a pretty intense cleanse of everything. Hedonistic in my life for a couple months, (laughs) Um, which is also interesting in its own way. But yeah, I like to wear crazy outfits and, and face paint and dance wildly nakedly and sort of imagine that I'm a vessel being occupied by something bigger and more magical and just like a wild Dionysian Creature just kind of dancing sort of my cre- creative expression. That sounds amazing. So, yeah, that's what I kind of do to keep those juices flowing. <laughs> cool. I wonder if my clients know they do LSD. <laughs> <laughs> they do now. <laughs> Maybe
2: they'll trust you even more. It's like, oh, she's gotten direct vibes from Dionysian
1: herself. <laughs> Lady Dionysus. Uh, Lady Dionysus. I used to think I wanted to date Dionysus, but now I think... You want to be Dionysus? Yeah. Maybe I'll get myself a mainad. Mmm. Ooh. Maenads are the drunken uh, yeah, the, movies of, of the, Dionysus. Yeah, yeah. I remember True Blood. Mmm. Also haven't seen that.
2: i <laughs> <laughs> I love that I could just offer you all this pop I'm gonna culture. Re- I'm going
1: to re-listen to this and then just <laughs> write down, you know. Oh,
2: that's right. True Blood, Hello Dolly. What else? Oh, Lizzo. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. are three really good things. Um, how do you measure success?
1: Um, with match baking or life? However you want to answer that. You know, I feel pretty damn successful. I am so happy. I feel like every little pore in my body is open and every little cell in my whole stupid body is happy right now. And so I think that's pretty successful and I'm happy because I get to be useful. Mm. Um, and I, I think as long as I'm still useful and making people's lives better, which is what I'm doing, then I think I've been successful with my clients and I think I've been successful with myself.
2: Mm. That's legit. Um, what is the most important factor when throwing a mixer?
1: Ooh. Like a, a speed dating party? Sure. Hmm. I kind of stopped throwing mixers because it made, it made me real socially anxious. Um, I think that... Um, Ooh, someone told me about this in their matchmaking interview. Being socially awesome and giving people the opportunity to be socially awesome. So Hmm. socially awesome, meaning um, setting up possibilities for people to kind of shine in their best light. So kind of setting them up to thrive socially. Um, And then so if I'm throwing a mixer, setting up people just to look and kind of really operate from a place place of creativity and openness so they can connect with people. So kind of rigging... uh, 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 an environment of, of openness and, and freedom and acceptance so people can actually connect in more authentic ways that sounds like a really good party right? yeah I'd go to that one
2: Um, let's see here do you think people uh, oh wait you actually answered this one alright what has surprised you most in this adventure in love mm, what has surprised me the most in this
1: adventure in love I'm pretty surprised every day. I'm kind of in a state of awe in general. Um, I think I was surprised when I started, things were different, um, because it's been over a decade now. And so I was surprised to find that technology um, has brought people further away from sort of this goal of, of, of finding romantic love. I think it's been really destructive. And I thought certainly when online dating became more popular that who would need an old-timey matchmaker using pieces of paper that she's <laughs> stockpiling in the back of a mop closet to find matches. Like I thought certainly, and I was happy, you know, it's fine. If I don't if I don't have to be a matchmaker, that's fine. I'll do something else. Um, but I was very surprised to see sort of how our technology um And our relationship to technology has failed us to Mm. um, connect to the one thing that everyone's kind of looking to connect to. Mm. Yeah, truly, technology doesn't help
2: in getting people together.
1: No, I mean, it can, but um, it's, it's less empowering than I had hoped. Yeah, well, I mean, you
2: know, just like with a voting machine, really, you can only trust a ballot, you know, actual paper.
1: Yeah. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. That's just for, So for every person who's like, Amy, your business isn't growing, you're dying. Like, you need an app. I'll be like, I'll bring up the voting ballot machine. There you go. That's how you know it's true. Yeah. It's real. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, well,
2: that was all of my questions, my cool. 13 questions. That was fun. What was thoughtful it? questions. Oh, well, thank you. What wonderful answers. Let's see.